T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We are one year into the Commanders. One year ago today, there was a big old ceremony at FedEx Field. Um, Dan Snyder, I, I believe those were Dan Snyder's last public comments was when he uh, spoke about the team. Um, Dan and Tanya, were you there? Were you, we were all there. Were you on mm-hmm. stage with the jacket on? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there were a number of alumni on stage at FedEx. It was not open to the public. Media was there. Uh, probably some like politicians and stuff, I assume, were there. Um, team employees. Um the unveiling that day, I, I think, lacked the sizzle many wanted. Out a lot. What's that? You agree? I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I, to me, the, the worst part I remember about the unveiling was the crest. You can't botch the crest. It, that became the story. Right. You, yeah. can't, you can't mess that up, man. Um, and they did. And they eventually fixed it. But you, you can't. Can't mess that up. Um, but one year into this thing, it, it's interesting how you start to feel. It it, it feels differently. Um, I, I want to go around the room, and we're all going to say something nice, and we're going to say something that perhaps isn't nice. Does that seem fair? Yeah. One year in. Um, do you want to start me? Yeah. Okay. Say something nice. Kept the colors. That's true. They kept the colors. That's nice. That is nice. Jeff, do you have something nice to say? I actually liked the name when it first dropped. Okay. I, I was a fan of the name when it first dropped. It made so much sense. You know what? How's it make sense? It made sense. This is the DMV area. We, we you know, the the nation's capital. Where the commanders, it just go, it just goes with the theme, with, with the exception of you know, the the wizards and mystics, but the nationals, the capitals, the commanders, it just it just seems so fitting, to me, especially with the the Pentagon being right here. Um, cool. Jeff likes the name. Cool. Um, I'll say something nice. Landfill, I'm ready. Are you ready for me to say something nice? I like Major Tutty. They've never had a mascot, and if you if you remember, that's the exact kind of mascot I wanted. I wanted a cartoon pig and a helmet. I wish he had a cigar in his mouth. I don't think that's going to happen in modern times, but I, mean, I, I like Major Tutty. I heard someone say the other day, if they, if they have Major Tutty, why didn't you name him the Majors instead of the Commanders? I definitely do think he should have been Commander Tutty. Yeah, 
And because I think a lot of people felt that since it's the commanders, it should have been Commander Tutty and that would have gone along more with it. But it, that's just a, another confusion. I think we're being a little too literal about uh, Cartoon Hog, but I, I we're all saying something nice here, so I, I I hear that. I hear I hear you. I want you to I want you to be heard. No, uh, I'm done what people tell me. Um the the fake military rank of a cartoon hog does not concern me. Perhaps I'm alone there. Um right. La- Landfield, it's your turn to say something nice. <laughs> which I know could be difficult. Uh they have a team name now. <laughs> As opposed to the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Do did I wonder are there still people that wish they were the Washington football team instead of the commanders? I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that too, but I wonder if they still say that a year later. I think the the actual biggest one is that there were a lot of people that were trying to um, speak Washington FT into existence, and that didn't happen. Uh, so the soccer that nerds. is the hugest win of all time. The soccer nerds wanted it to be Washington FC. Or like, FT or DCFC, and none of that happened, and that's this? a win. FU. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anybody else have any positives? Because I, I made a list of positives. Right, go ahead. In the, in the last year, I think, listen, the name has grown on me. I think more and more people now, a, a lot of people come up to me, and I'm sure people come up to you, B, and ask me questions about the team. Like, that is a very frequent occurrence in my life. And now more and more it is, hey, what are the commanders going to do at quarterback? Hey, is is Sam Howell really the guy for the commanders? So I think it's gained some, like, level of acceptance, which probably just happens over time. Um, and I think for me personally, I, I've i gotten used to it on some level. You agree? Mm, we speak it every day. True. I mean, Jim Nance on television called him the Redskins. Yeah. <laughs> During a game. Um, I already said that I like Major Tutty. I like the uniforms. Um, I, I I liked the black and the burgundy as soon as they rolled them out. I liked the helmets as soon as they rolled them out. I didn't like the white jerseys. The white jerseys have grown on me. Mm-hmm. I think in my travels, I hear more people still calling it the old name. They say they're going to always do that. They'll say Washington. They'll say the football team. I get far less saying the commanders. And I get more people saying, man, they changed the name. I hope the owner going to change it <laughs> change it again. I have heard that plenty. You know? Uh, but the thing for me is, like, I don't really – I'm different. I don't really care about a lot of the – the little things like the you know the nicknames and all that crap the, the 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 mascot I care about winning that that's my end all be all if you could do that I wouldn't give a damn what your name is and I think ultimately when they start winning and if they start winning on a consistent basis people are gonna care about winning more than they do any of this stuff that we talk about now I think the fact that we don't win the other stuff gain traction to become more important hundred percent can you let's Landville, are we ready for the audio of that day? So this is uh, this is the big announcement one year ago today. <laughs> we are the commanders. The commanders. The Washington commanders. That's right. Uh, oh wow! You didn't waste any time there. There it is. Uh, there's the and there's the new logo as well. I so let's talk about how we arrived at, at this particular name, Jason. How do we how do we settle on the commanders? You know, it's a name that 
has the weight and meaning befitting a 90-year-old franchise. It's, uh, it's something that broadly resonated with our fans. And it's something that we believe embodies the values of service and leadership that really define the DMV and this community. Yeah. And it's also something importantly that we could own and grow for the next 90 years. And it's something that can allow us to tie the rich history and championship legacy of this franchise to new traditions in the future. We didn't, we didn't touch the color scheme. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Because folks, Absolutely folks not. are wild about the burgundy and gold, as you know, <laughs> uh, Doug. Doug, so when, when you found out what the new team name was, what, what was the initial reaction? Well, the reaction was, you know, I'm going to hug. I'm the commander. So uh, here we go. Uh, what about, uh, Jonathan, I mean, yeah, I know that the players had some input as well. When you put on that new uniform for the first time, what would you think? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I feel like it really embodied not only what the players represent, but what this community and what the DMV represents. So we loved it. You know, we're going we're gonna to support it and we're going to go forward with it. We're excited about the future. Mandus. <laughs> we are the commanders. <clears throat> um, I think it's cool because to me, I'm just a bit of a skeptic by nature. Um, probably by training too, I think. Really? <laughs> you think? I, I just have, I don't buy into... A lot of the like, yeah, we're representing this region and all that. But like for a dude, Jeff said it, it matters to him. So I think that's cool that it that does resonate for some folks. Um I'll say this. I don't know. There were some people that I've talked to that said they, they were part of the fans and other people that I don't think I have one person say that, yes, that's the name I voted on. I don't know. They certainly co collected a lot of mail, right? I don't, I don't know many I don't know that anybody said, that, yeah. yeah. Because I, that's what I've heard. But, you know, like I said, you know, that when the, in the beginning, I was like, look, whatever the name is, who cares? Because if they start winning, you'll you fall in love tulips. with it. I, I, I was using that as, a, as an outlandish uh, example if they were the pink tulips and they won a Super Bowl, you're going to have pink tulips on your damn hat. Um, my guy Burgundy Blog just weighed in. He said, one year later, in quotations, commanders is still, ter still terrible. <laughs> um, all right. If anybody's listening, we went around the room and all said something nice. That happened. B likes that they kept the colors. Jeff likes the name. I like Major Tutty. Now we can all say something perhaps that hasn't gone well in the last what year. What did Landfill say? Landfill said at least they have a name. <laughs> I, I believe that was Is Landfill. that really nice, Landfill? Yeah. Does that count as something nice, Landfill? In your book, huh? I mean, they spent two years not having a name. Or you could argue they spent two years to come up with the commanders. That's a fair point, too. Yo, this doesn't That's land. That's <laughs> This doesn't land on... Anybody currently involved because they were none of them were here. Can you believe they paid a guy to come up with commanders? <laughs> What's worse, two years and then you land on commanders, or how did they not have an emergency plan? Like the people have been going after the old name for decades. Yeah. Like how is there not like a file deep in the back office? Like yo, if it all goes down, we're ready. We're going with this. What's worse, spending two years paying people to come up with commanders or paying Carson Wentz this year? Wentz. Wentz. 
I don't know. Commanders <laughs> is better than Wentz. What, how do you answer that, B? That's gonna, a hell of a question. I'll right, let y'all answer that question. Jeffrey? Jeffrey likes the name. Definitely Wentz. I'm a, I'm a command. I like the name. Like, it's not that bad. We could have been, it could have been two years and they came out and said, we're the Browns. <laughs> we're the Texans. We're the, the Marylanders. Yes. <laughs> um, the Texans <laughs> make sense in Texas. You can't do that here. I, I don't, I think, I think the kindness you can be about commanders is it's not that bad. I think that's fairly accurate. And that's the point. Um, I have a a few things that I think have gone poorly in the last year. Um, I got another nice thing. I thought they did the Sonny Jurgensen jersey ceremony very well. Um, I think Sonny at his age wasn't going to make it down to the field, but they did a great job of making his presence at the stadium I, I, probably too late. And, and I would certainly argue too late in the season. Do it week one. Do it week four, whatever. Yeah. Um, they did Sonny well, so that's another nice thing. I don't believe in Landfill. Maybe we can find the audio because I know we've played it a bunch. The The new song does not work. No, that's bad. They got to either just scrap it and play Take On Me or whatever. Play Jeff's song. Play Left Hand Left Up. Left Hand Up. The new song does not work. And, and dude, I want to – I don't I, – I'll take some blame if I – Deserve some. I think I pushed to keep it hail to the commanders, keep the song, just change the words. Like I, I pushed for that. And in hindsight, I don't know that that was the right move. In hindsight, I don't know that they should have kept the colors. Like maybe you just go red, white, and blue like all the other teams in the city and it'd be a cool look. Um, but it's never been like all the other teams. Right. So the song does not work. I don't know if you can fix it or if you just got to get rid of it. Um, some of this isn't the commander's fault, but like, but they have enough means to get someone that is a real songwriter that could have wrote it and kept kept a lot of those things that were there and made it go a little more footballish. The gospel version that first dropped, the Mayhew Jackson. I, I mean, I love Mayhew, but not in a football game. Yeah. Um, some of this is is no one – it's kind of all their fault, but also kind of nobody's fault. The, the stadium still stinks. Um, there's permanent quarterback questions. Uh, they haven't won a playoff game in 15 years. I think if those things were different, I think we'd feel a lot different about the commanders. Well, you know, the whole time I was – all I said was win. Dude, even FedEx Field, like we could talk about – FedEx is a dump, but like when the Eagles were winning, nobody cared. Care the vet. Nobody cared. And the I vet. know when I got there, they had rats that were bigger than dogs. What about RFK that we speak about in glowing terms? It was small. But the thing, and listen, but I, I've said that, and I think people just glossed over it. If this team wins, we don't have time or focus to worry about the name or anything else. We're too busy talking about how good they are, preparing for the next game, preparing for playoffs. But only time that names, mascots, and all that crap becomes important is when the main thing is not important. 
the success of the team. Totally. Um, I also think, and this to me was kind of a commander's thing. They botched another Sean Taylor thing one year. I kind of think the only reason they tried again this year is because the previous year went so poorly. Just, just stop. Please stop. Mm-hmm. Please don't make a murdered legendary football player into a wire mannequin. No. What are we doing here? Um, I, I tweeted out, got a bunch of replies. Um, do you have anything not nice to say, Landfill? <laughs> I think this goes back back to the mannequin, the um, the the terrible song, the awful crest with the wrong dates. So many times, there seems to be nobody over there who who says to them like, "Hey guys, maybe we don't need to do something here." Like instead of doing something terrible, you could just not do something, and people wouldn't be upset with you if you just don't do terrible things. Totally, like the idea that every game has to be the like every game has a subtitle. Like, just let the game be the game. Well, that's the only way they can get people to go. You go learn from your past mistakes. Now, I'm going to say this. If you say it, we if you keep saying we talk to former players and people that were around, and then every time you do something, there's a hell of a backlash coming at you, stop listening to the people that told you to do certain things. The people that you may view that don't agree with you on a lot of stuff, they may give you a better idea of what the fans are going to ask for and look for. And I think that's, that's one thing because if you've been talking to the same people and you've done all the stuff you've done, they failed you. All right? Yeah. I think sometimes we get so caught up in those who just tell us what we want to hear. People that tell you what you want to hear don't really give a damn about you. They care about the benefit that they're getting from something. Those who will tell you what you need to hear are not necessarily concerned about a benefit. They're concerned about how good things are going to look because you know what? It impacts them as well. Got some replies here on, on Twitter that I think are pretty good. Um, Nick Setzer says, the name hasn't grown on me. I like the, the I like the logo and two out of the three uniforms. I feel like the black uniform could be better. Major Tutty has potential. Um Young Rob says that the name has grown on me. Winning solves everything, so we'll see how they do. I never understood the change in the beat and the rhythm of the fight song. Seems like they could have just kept it, be creative with some of the words, and be good. Um, I, I think, I, you know, there's going to be questions. Um, I like the Hogs nickname. Says Salty Sarsaparilla. I said that too. Uh, Scott Welch says, I hated the uniforms when they came out, but liked them as I saw them players wear it in game action the helmets are a plus uh I, I think there's more good than bad with the rebrand but until you it, dude like the bill stadium in orchard park mm-hmm. is a dump it's sure. old they're gonna build a new one people love it they embrace it they tailgate they go nuts because they win they win the chiefs you could argue the chiefs should have to sell their change their name the same way the the previous the redskins had to change their name they play in Arrowhead Stadium. They still do the tomahawk chop. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares because they're in the Super Bowl every year. Mm-hmm. Winning winning is the trump card for sure. Um, Cody's got a good one. Our boy Cody Betts weighing in. One year into the rebrand pros, 
Dan Snyder is selling the team. <laughs> we'll, we'll see it. We'll believe it when we see it. But uh, Mic drop. <laughs> um, B, you said something there that they don't care how it looks. You know where they do care how it looks? Where? The Cloakroom. Nominated multiple times really? for best overall gentleman's club in the country, and it just got even better. Located on Case 5th and K Northwest, the Cloakroom is the first gentleman's club in the U.S. to have its own sports book. That's right. You can place wagers at traditional betting windows or kiosks while you're enjoying the entertainment. If you're not into that, take the elevator upstairs all the way fourth floor to a beautiful year-round climate-controlled sports book and lounge called Over Under. State-of-the-art retractable roof and TV showing all of the games. All your college hoops, all your NBA, all your hockey, you can watch it there. I am very curious to see if we can bet on the Pro Bowl games this weekend because I think that could be pretty damn fun. There's some wacky stuff going on. Um, and I bet if you can bet on it, you can bet on it at Over Under. Enjoy hard-to-find liquor, killer bourbon selection, Bloody Mary's, mimosa specials. They do a transfusion special B, which, if you know me, I like a good transfusion. Uh, every weekend, check them out, Cloakroom DC. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. D-O-C in the building. That's right. Hold up. It's time to get some medical advice. Uh, you know, I, I looked you up earlier. And I couldn't find you. And then I was like, oh, I got I got to search for Rick Walker. You got to search for Rick. Yeah. Richard. Rick. Um, Rick. Oh, dang it. Rick. <laughs> joined now okay. by the legend Rick Doc Walker. Yeah. Of course, you can hear him every day on the Burgundy and Gold Report um, and the Doc Walker podcast. You Ladies, get, man, doing you, a lot of babysitting. There were also driver's ed instructor. Um, yeah. yeah. With, with, with Linnell? Yeah, Linnell, yeah. Lunell. Lunell. Yeah, I heard you guys say that the other day. I have no idea what that's about. Well, people kept calling him Lunell, and Lunell is a, a comedian. Oh, oh, the lady, but I thought it was funny that oh, they called him okay. Lunell. Yeah, no, I'll do it too. I didn't well, know. I didn't quite understand that. I'll do, does it bother him? Oh, yeah. Who, who cares? Well, I, I will I definitely do Lunell for you. Yeah. <laughs> what difference does that make? Yeah. Um, I always love talking with Doc, but I it's funny. It's it, it's really funny because earlier this week, you remember I, I, the was the I think the 40th anniversary of the iconic John Riggins run in the Super right. Bowl, uh-huh. and I, I had I was looking at it, I brought it over, yeah. l- looking at, at you blowing up the left side of the line of scrimmage there, and, and getting and, blown up, yeah, and and Riggo making the play, mm-hmm. and um, you know that team is is a team that Bobby Beathard put together. Yeah. And Bobby Beathard hired Joe Gibbs, and Bobby Beathard was a football visionary. And, and I imagine you – And fought for when he was there. at yeah. 5 Yeah. No, I mean, that's – I've known Bobby since college. You know, he was 
being on the West Coast at UCLA, I got to see Jerry West in the stands and Coach Thompson, who we worked with for years, would always talk about Arnold Red Arback at the YMCA, at the Boys Girls Boys Club. And they were so passionate about their craft. As I hear Tom Brady being mentioned all day, it's a fanatic. The dude's a fanatic. He's so into it like a great writer or pianist. And it's just so such mm-hmm. a level that you go beyond. It may have looked easy what this young man to my right did for a living, catching punts, and then you find out he never caught one to the pro level. That's what things like that excite me because people say you're born. You're born to be alive. You develop into whatever skill set you get. And Bobby Bethard was always watching and evaluating. So when you get a call from this guy, I remember he called me. I had no interest I had a um, so you were drafted by the Bengals. I was about, by the Bengals, but he got me. I was in the injury deal. I was on the West Coast. I'd gone to the forty nine. I didn't want to come to the East. I wanted to be on grass. Damn, I thought y'all was just yeah. He's right. I was. I was. I was a model, but um, Hollywood hand model. But um, <laughs> I was like playing football on turf. That's for the other people. You Southern California. You want grass? I need sun. The whole bit. He called me up. He said, "Hey, what the hell's going on?" I said, "Well, I had a shoulder deal." Blah blah. He said, "Look." He goes, uh, are you okay? I said, yeah. He goes, well, I want I want you to come out here. I go, he said, Dallas, which I thought was Dallas. <laughs> Dallas Airport. I said, Bobby, I don't have any in- – Dallas Airport. Why would it be – he said, look, just come out and just, go and, and just, just come out. I want to talk to you. So I trusted him so much because I'd seen him. He'd be scouting, doing all the combine crap. I mean, because he was – with the Dolphins and the Chiefs he, he before he was, landed here. Yeah, but yeah. he was due was freak. Didn't he was a freak. So I come out here and I go, they played the Raiders, the fought with the Giants, and then there was the Raiders. I go, Bobby, I'm not coming out there to be evaluated for nothing. If I come out there, I'm staying. You can come get your gear when we play the Raiders. You can, you can stay back, blah, 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 blah. He was that conversational. Come out, do it, sign, stay, play. And then he'd come it to me. Worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, it did, but because of this dude, what he, here's what happened, not the football part. Football part, you were going to do that or not do it. He he made me elevate as a leader because he came to me, and this is how our team was being developed piece by piece. That He said, look, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to – we had a guard named Melvin Jones out of Houston. Big Mel was like – a big freak who's the only child, mama's boy, oh boy. a 300-pounder. We, and we, this is how I love Bobby so much. He goes, I need you. I said, okay, I'll, I'll talk to him. He said, no, I don't need you to talk to him. I need you to put him on your wing. I want you to live with him. I want you to move him in with you. I want you to make sure you help him get to practice because his mom wasn't waking him up. He probably no, wasn't going to wake he up. He was here, but he was here. Now she in Houston. He just was lost. You know, you, you met. Yeah, but he, he's, 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 from, he's, un, he's not under mama's wing Exactly. Yeah. And he was so physical. We trying to build an offensive line. He go, we got to get players. We need this dude to start and play and do all this right. So I'm like, okay. He said, look, I need you to do this to get this guy in here so we can win. I heard you guys earlier this month. It was about people have a jobs to coach. They have jobs to elevate themselves. He was trying to win. Yeah. It's all, all, all that mattered was that can we win games. So Mel 
And he was just he was a rook, big old bow-legged dude who could block his butt. He was a big physical freak. He got he knocked out our other guard. He went the wrong way on a play in practice. On the bullet. It's not funny, but the guy never played again. Bill, the other guy never other played, guy never played oh, wow. again in practice. So long story short, making you accept responsibility and make, help somebody to help your team and to lead. You know, yeah. leadership is just not about being a playmaker. It's also about making sure you get people, you get to the stadium. You just do the right thing. But things. he saw something in Melvin, and he understood that yeah. you can get the message to him yeah. better than he could. Right, but he think, made me grow. He made me mature quicker than I had planned but that, on. But I, I'm sure you took that as he believed in you. He believed in me. There you go. And I said, I got you. And this whole thing with Joe, but my best story about him is my roommate here was Jarris White. Jarris White came out of Hawaii. Bobby had been recruiting him since Hawaii. He'd always seen you since your sophomore, junior in college. He, he would tell How you often things. was he on the road? The dude was a rat. I'm telling you, he was always evaluating the scouting. So Jarris, he comes here, we room. He said, yeah, Bobby, I was in Miami because Bobby was in Miami with Dolphins. They undefeated. Right. So he goes, I walked past after a game. I said, Bobby, these cats ain't going to pay me. He goes, I'm about to come up. Bobby winked at him and said, I got you. Then he came here and, you know, and then <laughs> – we brought Jerry. So Those Jerry's conversations, was, J.P., happen when it's not even the right situation. Exactly. It was, and this is <laughs> like on a golf course in, yeah. in uh, California, yeah. Monterey Peninsula. In the, in the tunnel of a stadium. Whatever oh, happens. Right, but right. Jerris said, Bobby, so he saw everybody was confirmed. He'd be at practice. He was evaluating all the time and building pieces. It wasn't about, B. Mid says something, but so smart. This first round, second round thing is so overrated. That could be kind of easy, but he was finding jewels. Our team was built, and it was also like Joe Gibbs' principle was that you had to be character first before your 40 time or your vertical jump. They had to be able to trust you. You had to be able to get guys that would train because he'll tell you our practices were not even legal. If they Based on the standards today, we'd be fined. We'd be, we'd be disqualified. So all this stuff in building, and so when Bobby, he gets you, and then you start winning, and then we we lost five in a row. Imagine losing five in a row in this town when the town was packed and the town was collegiate, and then to recover. And I just thought Bobby and and uh, Dick Daniels and these guys they come in shorts and thong, and they they always jogging and running and just just unique. So, but you could talk to him, and he could talk to you, and there was no barrier. There was no. BS. I just found that that was clear. And Jarris told me his history with him. Jarris was the highest-paid corner from time in the league. He was definitely one of the highest-paid players here. And he, Howard Slusher was his agent. Bobby just he did it all. So I looked at the components. How do you win? You get the best executive. You got an owner that handles his business outside and lets you do your thing. And you get a coach. He hired Joe. So how many more things does the guy have to do? And then the quarterbacks. And you know, I'm gonna talk to Rip a little bit later today. And Rip. He just had an eye. He knew exactly what he wanted, and then he was just so easy to approach. Can I? Let me ask you uh-huh. both a question because mm-hmm. I find that really interesting. Um, you both played in multiple organizations, highest level of, of professional football. Played major college football. Um, you not everybody is approachable, especially no. people <laughs> in leadership positions. Yeah. How, how important is that? Because it, I imagine you experienced that. In good ways and in bad ways. It's very important because I think when you hear a coach say, my door is always open, mm-hmm. 
And the first time I walk in that door and you give me this look or you you shun me, mm-hmm. I just, you just I lost all trust in you. I don't believe in you anymore. And that will go in because another player may come to me, man, I need to go talk to Coach Man. I'll go talk to him. He don't care. You know, and I think that's how things begin to separate. You know, I, I was able to walk in Joe's office. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I and we and Joe talked about some stuff. And it was like one time right. when I was upset about some things he had said. Right. And he was like, you know what? I respect you coming in my office and having this conversation with right. me. Glad you didn't do this in front of the other uh, teammates. Right. You know, and I think that that's how you begin. That's why I coach and I, you, you see when I'm with them, yeah. just mm-hmm. like I am with Andy. I've oh, had yeah. conversations with those guys, with Joe, with uh, David Cully, some things that, you don't normally want to have with your boss. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I've had those conversations, and they never changed their way about me because they understood it was between us, and they had respect me as a man for it to happen. A lot of people today that said, and a lot of coaches today, I don't think that they live like that. I think they tell you one thing, but once you come at them, they want to treat you and change the way that they are with you. Those guys never did. I agree. I mean, Gibbs, you know he hated any bulletin board. He didn't want you to say uh-huh. he going to sneak up on people. So George Michael, I just when I learned in TV about editing, and there was a guy, and we were playing the Packers in the game we lost 49-47. And a guy from Green Bay interviewed me, and he goes, well, what do you participate in the game? I go, he says, what do, you, what do you anticipate? I said, well, your offense is explosive, so is ours. I said, we could blow you out, you could blow us out. It could go either way. I think it's an even match. Well, of course, they, they only edited put, it. We're going to blow them out. So it all in Green Bay said, <laughs> we're going to blow them out. <laughs> so I, we get to Green Bay. People are yelling. At, I mean, people going nuts. And, pre- and Joe, he's pit, he is irate. And I just stepped. I said, look, coach. I said, I understand your sneak-up approach. But when it comes down to it, who cares? You know, we got to go out there and do it, whether or not we don't open them out or we do open them out. And we plan to back it up. Then when you go, I go in there and got knocked out, got hit in the back by Steve Luke. Not only did I incite a riot, I get knocked out in the fourth quarter, and we lose the game 49-47. And I'm going, man, that's the place I broke my arm as a rookie. I said, Green Bay wasn't good to me. I come back to his office, and I tell him, I said, and then George told him. They edited it, and he saw the whole thing. He said, dude, I, I said, but I'd still do it again because we'll come down to it, Coach. You still got to fight the guy. What year was that? <laughs> the year Mosley won the MVP, I think it was. We lost 47 for The year we were 14-2. That was one of our losses. We lost on Monday Night Football to Green Bay. <laughs> so Joe would be this like changing the offense. You know, he bring, if he got situational things, he brings you in. We lost five straight games in a row mm-hmm. after the second loss. On a Monday day off, he brought three PKs. Look. We got to do this. Need you to do that. This is what it's going to be. Blah, blah, blah. But okay. he, he wasn't. And I think, like for Joe, I think just like Bobby, they weren't married to a scheme. No, they knew what the pieces were. They knew what type of person they need to make they their adjusted. schemes go. And they would. Bobby would go look for them, and Joe will implement them. He you know. But I just think that it all comes down to that little mindset. To where when we talk about Ron being the personnel guy and the coach, right? Your mindset has to be different. Those two people don't think alike. Can't exist. Yeah, it cannot exist. Last one before I let you go. Okay. Um, your career, your season high rushing yards came in 1985, where you had three carries for 16 yards. What was the play call where you're getting three carries? They're reverse. You put tight ends reverse. Tight end reverse. Each reverse. Yeah. Joe. Joe. Um, he'll tell you, man. Joe. When it comes to 
figuring out offense, like Andy, you and Andy, he had mm-hmm. both of them. You have to play for other people to appreciate them. Once you've been with other people, you realize these guys are on a different level. Yeah, they are a step ahead. It's a step ahead. Andy's doing things that nobody else even tries to copy. And just remember, mm-hmm. Bobby saw that with Joe. Joe was in a, an Air Coyier's offense, That's passing right. offense. Right. But he understood that Joe knew more about football than just the pass offense. And, and Joe, when he got here, he, he got here, regrouped. Notice he he didn't have the people to pass with. Mm. Became one of the best running coaches yeah, in the history. Yeah, he coached of the game. offensive line at USC. He's an offensive line coach. Joe was a center. You got to understand, a lot of these guys come be being quarterbacks. Joe was an offensive lineman. Does it bother you that he's a Trojan? No, not at all. I don't hate Trojans. We beat them. I, you only hate people you don't beat. Yeah. Doc, yeah. thank you sincerely. Appreciate you, Doc. Right, that's Doc Walker. Appreciate we'll, it. We come back. We're giving away Wizards tickets. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> to the danger zone. <laughs> I've told you what I thought this song was when I was young. Yeah. I, you I you don't know a lot of songs. to the danger zone. Yeah. I still think I went to the danger zone works just as well as highway to the danger zone. No, it doesn't. Highway to the danger zone is like a cooler phrase, though. I, uh. I got to he- hang out with some guys last night that were in town from all over, and this one dude, uh, Dessler, has a saying that I want to incorporate into my life. He says, every day is kickoff. I like that. Kind of like that, right? Yeah. Now, we were saying that as we consumed cocktails, but you can you can use that for anything. You can. Shout out to Bo Blair, the good people at sure You, you got to make sure if every, day for kick, if every day is kickoff, you got to make sure you have enough energy to last. You got to be locked in. Yeah. Went to Millie's last out night. Early leaving, early checking out. Remember when we went to Millie's last night? Or remember? No, I we, didn't go to Millie's with you last night. I, I pardon <laughs> me. Remember we went to Millie's like last year. Whatever yeah, we went in there. You were quite the hit in there. Yeah, people were excited to see B Mitch. You know mm-hmm. why? It's good to be B Mitch. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> people were fired up to see you, man. All right, here's what we're about to do. We're gonna give away some Wizards tickets. Uh, Wiz, do we know they're playing tonight, right? Because they got Portland at home tonight, I believe. And they got stuck in Detroit, so hopefully everything is all systems go with the Wiz game tonight. I assume it is. Um, Did they make a ruling on what they're going to do with that Pistons game from the other night? I don't... They'll find a way. Yeah, they'll figure it out. I wonder if it's, if it's important later in the season. Well, the Pistons it. are god awful, so they're them. It's nothing's gonna be important for them. I wonder if the NBA would do like in baseball if you get to game one sixty and there's a rain out and both teams are out of the playoffs. Sometimes they just won't make them up. Yeah. I wonder if the NBA would do that, but I I also think it's the, possible. But the Wiz, because of their kind of hot streak are now firmly back in play-in game contention. So I think the Wiz might end up needing the game. Mm. I don't know. But it's at – so they got to make that one up. But tonight, Wiz, Portland, 7 o'clock, NBC Sports, Washington. I'll be watching that joint. promise you that. Um, But right now, right now, B, caller 10 at 800-636-1067, and that will win you two tickets – to the Washington Wizards game Wednesday, February 8th at Capital One Arena versus the Hornets. For complete game schedule and tickets, visit thefandc.com slash contest. Tickets courtesy of Monumental Sports. Caller 10 right now. We're coming back. We got Kevin Cole at 12.30. Phone lines open at 1 o'clock for Bleep You Thursday. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.